The moment when you're lying in bed, you don't want to work out, and then you fucking muster up your will from the bottom of your soul in order to go do a shitty workout, and like after you feel a little bit better, that's the most admirable thing that any human could possibly do. Yeah. That's how you change your life through a small moment. I, I got love for the game. We are live. Got my good friend Daniel Karan on the podcast. What's funny, Daniel, is I've actually mentioned you before, and you don't even know this on the podcast unless you are one of the few listeners we have at this point. Um, but basically, I was telling my friend about, yeah, I have a buddy down in Florida. He's got this clothing line. It's called Print Pink Gorilla, and uh, CeeLo Green was wearing his merch. <laughs> so welcome yeah. to the podcast. I had to get you on after the, after that experience. I appreciate. It. I appreciate it. For sure, bro. It's yeah, a man. pleasure. It's always, always super exciting talking to you, dude. I love talking to you. So I feel so like fun. you're one of those people that every time I talk to you, I get a lot of value. I could probably count on my one hand how many people I have like that that I know. But every time I talk to you, I feel better about just the direction I'm going in because you're you have that natural, just like therapeutic type of conversational tone. But uh, you're also just like crushing it. You're killing it out there in Florida. And, and bro, likewise for you, and not to make this like a complimentary thing, but like, like back and forth, like tennis. But even if you call me and you're like, dude, because you're so good at that, getting outside opinions on things that you're, you're dealing with, you know what I mean? To make like the best decision. Like I could get stuck in the opposite. I'll be like, I'll just trust myself, whatever. And you were like, let me ask this person because this person would have a good perspective for this problem like you're really good at that and every time you tell me your problem i get value out of it because it's like dope problems to have <laughs> so you you always inspire me as well so props speaking of bro guess guess what the newest the newest fire entrepreneurial fire it's it's the newest and most significant recently because i'm flattered that it happened because it means i'm moving up and up but I was like, I, I never expected to have to deal with this. We're literally a competitor that I'd never heard of who recently just blew up on TikTok, completely ripped off one of my sales pages, like verbatim, picture for picture. And I was like, yo, so that's been like the newest thing. Um, I actually went through some illegal route to potentially have his site removed. So we'll see how that happens. But yeah. We, um, for one of my websites, we had someone do the copy and oh. they took it from a competitor also. Really? So it was not a good look. And it's my fault, you know, at the end of the day. Um, and they did a DMCA request and it was like super annoying. And if I was them, to be honest, I would have done the same thing. So going the legal route, if you don't know these people at all, absolutely punish. That's exactly punish. what I did was a DMCA request. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, that's it's and it could get there. The main thing is like, it's no one wants to go to court. Yeah, right. It's it's extremely annoying and expensive, and rarely is there a winner. You know what I mean? Because people are broke, people are not going to want to pay. You're going to have to pay, or and then they in the same state as you. You have to hire legal counsel in their state. Are they in the same country? What's their LLC like? they're not even going to be punished if they have LLC and the correct documentation. So the whole thing is just a very annoying thing. But the main thing is like, look, change the sales page. 
Yeah. And we, we changed it and it's all good now. And uh, hopefully that you're, those nobodies do it as well. Yeah. Um, I won't, I won't give it too much attention, but yeah, I did ask him to change it before I filed the DMCA request and he completely denied ripping it off, but it was verbatim. Yeah, so yeah. then punish. <laughs> Lay down the hammer of Thor, bro. <laughs> so dude, like, Tell me what, what's up with you. Um, when's the last time we spoke? I feel like we haven't spoke for a while. It was probably, well, other than you telling me about the, the new thing you've got going on. You want to talk about that? Um, yeah. So we started this thing uh, called Powerful Subliminals. And it's like subliminal audio. So before I mention it to you, yeah. have you ever heard of it before? The subliminal messaging? Yeah. I've heard of the concept. I've never heard of people doing it in the route that you have, which is pretty intriguing, if I must say so myself. And uh, just because I didn't innovate this, you know what I mean? Um, I originally saw these YouTube videos, let's say four years ago, and I thought they were the, like the biggest scam. You know what I mean? Like the, let's say the law of attraction crowd, right? The people that, and, and the people that don't use it for what it is, and they're just like, if I'm sitting on the couch, eating KFC seven times a day, watching porn masturbating four times a day but i'm thinking good thoughts or i think that i am everything's gonna be fine Woo! if i like watch this video cheat code you know what i mean like i was again i'm still extremely against all of, all of that behavior and i thought that these subliminal audio was the same thing i thought it was just like these people like they're just you know jacking themselves off like thinking that yeah. they're doing good work, but they're not accomplishing anything. Then three years later, one of my closest friends, right? <laughs> like my, my, my best friend, we were talking one day on a walk and he's like, I, I, I thought of this idea. You, you know how important having a vision is from one of our other friends, right? Yeah. You hear me good? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I was like, how can I, get this vision deeper inside of me to where it becomes how they described it. And that's like a whole nother conversation. Um, but I was like, okay, let me, let me record this vision. You know, I, I wrote it, it was clear. And every week I would get new ideas and I would update it and re-record it. And for a series of five weeks, I was updating this vision, getting clear on it. And it was extremely motivating. It was an amazing thing. I highly recommend anyone do this. Then I would put, you know, the brain has different brain waves. So there's different frequencies that the brain, like if you're in sleep, you're in delta, theta. Um, then there's alpha brain waves when you're kind of calm and peaceful and focused. And there's beta, which is mostly anxiety, but there's a really nice way to go to or to get like active focus as well. So all of these brain waves have their purpose. And we all have them. This is not up for debate or whatever. So I was like, let me put a theta track that you could find on YouTube and put it underneath my, my, my vision that I recorded on my, my microphone, screaming it into it. So it's basically you, you took your phone and you started talking about like the things you want to achieve, what your vision. Yeah, I had it all written down on a Word document. You okay. Know what I mean? like, everything all my goals in detail like whatever just going all out on this document 15 pages you know it took like 25 okay. minutes to read it super Damn. like a whole process yeah um but the cool thing is that most of it's coming true so maybe that helps <laughs> but oh, that's another conversation also 
But I, then I put this theta track, which is like the deep sleep so that your conscious mind goes a little bit into like sleep mode. Yeah. And then I would listen to this track and kind of the idea would be to install my vision into my mind deeper and deeper because we know that the subconscious is rules 95% of your behavior. Right. And I just like pause right there to really comprehend that 95% of what you do is, is your subconscious mind ruling you, which is insane. And if you think just let's say one step further, that means anything I want to accomplish, I must get my subconscious behind it. I must have the seed planted in my subconscious before anything changes in my reality because your conscious mind is not that, not that strong. And it takes a lot of energy to use your conscious mind all day long. Like people underestimate how challenging it is to really think people think that they think, but to think it takes a lot of focus, especially right now when there's so much cheap dopamine everywhere, it's getting harder and harder. Like in 10 years, the ability to read a book will be gone. You know what I mean? Like it'll be so hard to read a book now. And you hear so many people now being like, Hey, I can't read a book. You're crazy. But what they're really saying is that their dopamine's all fucked up and they can't focus on one thing. The, the act of reading a book that they know is super valuable could change their life just from a one page. Um, you're getting like, if, especially if it's a great book, you're getting, maybe millions and billions of dollars worth of value if you're coming at it with the right mindset and you can't get yourself to do it because it's not pleasurable enough hormonally with your dopamine. Right. So what was I saying before that? So the, the theta track with your affirmations, is yeah, so I, I was doing the theta track and it was good and everything. And I was telling my friend what I was doing because we're always sharing like, yo, I'm doing this new thing. Here's this new book. And he's like, so like, subliminals? And I was just like, what are you talking about? I guess the vision track is subliminal underneath the, you know what I mean? Like I was just using yeah. like what you think subliminals are. But yeah, like I guess the, the vision, yeah, I guess it's a subliminal thing, right? That's what I'm doing. But he's like, no, subliminal audio. And I was just like, what's your problem? What are you saying? And it was like this back and forth. And then a week later, I, again, I was like, yeah, did you do this vision thing? He's like, so are you talking about subliminal audio? And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Then he showed me these YouTube videos that he was listening to. And these were the same ones that I thought was like the biggest scam. I was like, what? You're listening to these? First of all, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> I was like deeply offended. I was like, what the fuck? We share everything. And then the next thing he said was shocking because this is the type of person that is 100% genuine and honest with everything. And it's not like he was hiding anything for me, yeah. but he would have shared it. It just never came up. And he's like, I would attribute as we went deeper in conversation, I would attribute 40% of my personal growth to listening to these subliminal audios. Mm. And that was like the biggest mic drop. I was like, what? Cause this guy, it's rare to find someone like you, right? Someone that's putting in the work, not just for one year after a painful moment, you know what I mean? Like everyone has a painful experience. They're like, let me grow. Let me go to the gym. They get a little results. Another thing happens and they forget all about it to do this consistently to do like, that's why I like people like Drake, you know what I mean? Consistent over a long period of time always trumps everything else. Yeah. Cause it's fucking hard. 
to go in again and again and again when you know it's it's fun on the come up but to stay high it's it's a whole no one even talks about that right yeah and this guy is legit like he's putting in the work a billion percent and he was saying to me that he would attribute 40 percent of his growth to subliminal audio so after he told me that i started going a thousand percent in I started listening to some tracks. I started getting some really good results. And then just like with everything that we do, I like clothes. I create a fashion company. I like this. I want to create a company with it. I want to do the things that I love and I want to share and I want to give value through the things that I love. And so I ended up creating this company, doing a lot of research. I have a partner who's been an audio engineer for I think just over 10 years now. And it just kind of worked. I would write the scripts. He would do this. But now I'll explain what subliminal audio is. Yeah, because right? yeah, the mind-blowing thing about what, like the, the one track that you sent me that I listened to, it was, um, it, it sounded like rain, right? It was like a relaxing, soothing sound. And you were like, bro, you don't even realize, but it's screaming positive affirmations at you. And I was like, huh, I don't hear any of it at all. Yeah, but like, let's say if I brought you to our office and I showed you the screen, there'd be like, let's say 40 different layers on this track. Oh, if wow. I were to mute three layers, you would hear it perfectly at the same volume that you're hearing my voice, mm. right? But it's muted because the goal is to bypass the conscious mind. That's what subliminal means. Sub, below, lineal, line. So below the line of the conscious mind to reach the subconscious because the subconscious is the root of 95% of the behavior, right? Right. So we want to reach the subconscious. That's why hypnosis works. And that's why everyone has had amazing stories with hypnosis because hypnosis, what does it do? It puts you in this hypnotic state that your conscious mind's not getting in the way. Have you right? ever been hypnotized yourself? Um, never by like someone, but I've listened to like hypnosis tracks and we have a hypnosis tracks studied it a lot not a lot but enough to to make one at least um it's pretty For cool the subliminal stuff. aspect yeah yeah exactly got it um so these tracks and like you said you're getting so what is i'm rushing through this right so let me slow down so it's these tracks that it's not a new concept right you music right it's music is brainwashing and we're always getting brainwashed throughout our, our entire lives. And we're not, even, we're not even aware of it, right? Like through music, you listen to a music, it has a hypnotic melody that gets stuck in your mind for weeks that you're just like, la, 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 I need her in my life. Oh, you want to hear something crazy? Right before we got on the podcast, uh, uh, I, you might know this guy. Um, he was, cause I met him through the Jason capital events that you and I used to go to. And, uh, he was telling me on the phone yesterday, he was like, Hey man, uh, I'm, I dropped everything to do this music. I was like, yo, you do music. And I think he had told me he liked rapping before, but I mean, the guy had something he has like, he does, uh, I don't want to get this wrong, but it's something to do with like helping people finance their homes. Um, so he makes money that way, makes good money. And he told me yesterday over the phone that he spent nine to 10 K in the last month, um, paying for studio fees to go to the studio and record a whole album himself. And I looked him up on Spotify cause he told me he had a few songs on Spotify already. And, um, 
one of them I listened to, it's Hallelujah, and it sounds so anthemic, like kind of like a um, who's that guy who's saying thrift store, thrift thrift shop? Yeah, Macklemore. Macklemore. It sounds like an anthemic Macklemore song, and <laughs> and it's been stuck in my head ever since the last hour. And that's kind of what you were talking about. It's like subliminal, but it's like stuck in your head. Even yeah, when you were and, talking, it was like going in my head. Hallelujah. Dude, and it's, it's fucking tough to stop it. Like, you have to be very, very aware. And this is happening. You know what I mean? Like yesterday I heard this rap song from like 1990s or 80s from, I think they're out AZ. He's like, all I want is murder, homicide. I want homicide. Like, I'm just, and I'm like, this goes hard. Like, <laughs> but like what am I saying to my yeah. mind? I'm like, I want homicide in my life. Yeah today like, bro one of the first times i realized how powerful subliminal messaging was was exactly what you're saying like the the lyrics on the songs that we all listen to most people don't pay attention to the lyrics because they think the beat oh it's so good it's so good but you know the first time i learned about it was when when we were in dating like getting into the dating advice and that's how you and i met is because you and i were both coaching it for a little bit um in the yeah. same group and uh and the biggest thing that opened my mind was I'm listening to Justin Bieber songs, these love songs. I'm, I'm, when I'm feeling down, I'm singing the fray songs, you know? And then I realized, Oh shit, this, this is ingraining into my head. I have to work for the girl. I have to get the girl to, to want yeah. me through like going through all these trials and tribulations. And it had a powerful effect on my subconscious. And honestly, ever since then, kind of relating to what you said and which is why I respect like exactly what you're doing is I ever since then only listen to music that either has just a beat that I gets me in a right, the right state or the lyrics when I hear them it gives me goosebumps because I can relate and for me one of those albums was uh I decided by Big Sean because it's all like it's my path it's my purpose this is bigger yeah, than he me. Has a lot of yeah, yeah yeah he's good with that stuff um yeah bro and in, it's important if like if i'm imagining the person listening to this podcast right they obviously it would be safe to say that they want to improve their life right, right? and in order to do that you got to take control of your own brainwashing you know what i mean and, I, and i'm conscious of saying the word brainwashing because in order to get certain type of results you have to think a certain type of way and so why don't you brainwash yourself to think a certain type of way but the thing is it's fucking hard yeah this is where all the self-help books stop it's hard as fuck to start to do affirmations thousands of times a day yeah. it's tough it takes like reminders on your phones alarms the correct environment no negative feedback like like we're not living in bubble wrap we have the real world we so some of us work for a job some of work like our we're selling our time to other people. We can't just be thinking great thoughts all day long. It takes years yeah. until the habits are formed in your mind. So that's where subliminal audio comes in, right? It's maybe 30 to 40 to 50 pages of positive scripting, depending on the file that you choose, uh, 20 to 20 to 45, depending like that's on average. And it's built in a very, very dense, dense way. Um, and it's fucking, it works a lot. Like it, it, it works kind of like the matrix, you know, when he lies down and they put that shit in his head and yeah. then he 
speaks like Mandarin or whatever, he knows Kung Fu. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, that's the idea behind it. And when I, when I tell people that, I don't want them to think like this is a marketing message where it's like, dude, just as a flip of a button, your life is perfect. That's not what's going to happen, obviously. However, like when you think a great thought, you start to feel a little bit better, right? When you feel a little bit better, you take a better action. And that's how your life changes. You know what I mean? You take a better action today, which will lead to a better action tomorrow. You know what I mean? And then slowly, there, there was this one example that in my writing, I've always referenced because it really stuck with me. It just imagine if there's two buckets, like a bucket here, a bucket here. One of them is muddy water, like really muddy water. One of them is clean water. And then, then you have a sink in front of you. And then I have a big ass spoon. So I'm taking, let's say, a tablespoon of the muddy water, putting it into the sink, then a tablespoon of the clean water inside the muddy water. Did anything change? Okay. I mean, it's one teaspoon, but to that, to, the, to that water, to everyone looking at it, it's just as dirty. Did I, you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Let me plug in this thing. Um, but like, it changed. And, and this is just to zoom in on this one point a little bit more. The biggest change, this is another misconception in self-help that I've seen time and time again. The biggest changes come from the smallest actions. That's the reality of life. That's when people understand that, like the moment when you're lying in bed, you don't want to work out, and then you fucking muster up your will from the bottom of your soul in order to go do a shitty workout. And like, after you feel a little bit better, that's the most admirable thing that any human could possibly do. Yeah. That's how you change your life through a small moment. It's small moments. Even the moment when you reach a big goal is one small moment. You know what I mean? It's like the, the biggest changes come from these small moments. And that's kind of the idea behind subliminals. It's flooding you with positive brainwashing. You're going to be feeling better. You're going to be inspired to take a bigger action. And then if you're, if you're also consciously going towards your goal, you're not just sitting on your couch, you're engaging in the world in a positive manner. Great things happen. And time and time again, like we get emails every day from people being like, yo, I was planning on returning this. <laughs> and what the fuck? Like this shit is really working. You know wow. what I mean? Um, so it's so, really. So basically the way it works is you play this background sound that seems somewhat relaxing and you don't even realize it, but it's pumping positive affirmations into your head and you're just sitting there and just in a good state and you don't even necessarily know why, but it's because of this subliminal audio. Yeah. Bro, like, like one of one of my friends started playing Zeus, which is one of our ones for men. And he goes into the work the next day. His boss is extremely, extremely nice to him. You know what I mean? To the point where like, stop. It's annoying. Yeah. You're annoying by being so nice. Out of this world gracious. This is this is recently, like two weeks ago. And then he made as a bartender a thousand seven hundred dollars. Which I don't know if anyone's aware, but that's a fuck a shit ton for a bartender in one that's night. One night. One night. Holy Five shit! Hours. 
That's like, that's 500 grand a year if you could do that every day. Yeah. I mean, this is the most like people at live when Miami heat win live is like a very popular nightclub yeah. in Miami. They're, they're, they're making like similar amounts, let's say, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's a lot of money. Maybe it's a coincidence, but a lot of these type of things start happening. You meet the right people, the synchronicity event, and then it just builds on itself. Right. Bro, so, what's your, what's your opinion on, on the law of attraction now that we're kind of on the topic of, cause like that was kind of the whole concept of the secret, right? Um, was the secret was, you know, you're in a good state, you're, you're, you're thinking good things and then you're nicer to people and then they reflect that back to you. Right. And so that's kind of what you're saying. This guy was in an overly good mood, made $1,700 in one night as a bartender. And that's just one example. He was just listening to the track. Um, he said like within 20 minutes, he felt like he meditated for a month. Like it mm -hmm. calmed him down. And then he listened to it two or three times, went to work, nothing like nothing. You don't notice anything, Yeah. but it's affecting you. And it's affecting how people perceive you because you're moving a little bit differently. Maybe you're moving a little bit slowly. Maybe you're not jerking your head like an idiot. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're more in control of your, your bodily movements. Maybe you laugh in a more genuine manner. Maybe yeah. you say a compliment because you're genuinely feeling appreciative of someone. It's these little things. And, you, and it's, you don't really notice it. You don't really notice it until three months go by and someone's like, bro, you've changed. You've gotten so much better. Like I've had people come up to me and be like, I saw you four months ago, but like you're a brand new person. You know what I mean? And I think if, I think yeah, it really good has to do with the yellow glasses. It's the yellow glasses. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, oh, there you were. <laughs> yeah, there's Daniel. Um, have you ever considered making a, a, a subliminal audio that says buy pink gorilla merch, buy pink gorilla merch. Yeah, I'm playing it right now. Oh shit! No wonder it popped out so uh, much. <laughs> like, That's like what Jake Paul used to do back in the day. He he would have songs and he would drop them on YouTube to millions of people, and the only lyric would be "Buy that merch, buy that merch, buy that merch." Oh, genius move! You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's it's the move. Um, but no, we we don't do that yet. <laughs> yeah. But like, dude, like if. I, I did some research and I found articles, let's say from, I found this one article from 1976 and it was a grocery store that had subliminals saying like, I'm honest, I don't, I don't steal in order to prevent theft. You know what I mean? Like, and that was from 1976. Did like, it work? Who knows who's using this type of information? Yeah. Well, we know that marketers are using it every day. You create a jingle, it gets stuck in people's head, and they sing it in their own head. I want cash now. Eight, seven, seven, six, five, or whatever, whatever the song is. And the thing is, like, this stuff is super fascinating because when someone buys, you get two. We, we, you got two, I think, two tracks, right? Or one? Uh, you sent me one, and it sounded like rainfall. And yeah, I'll be honest, man, one. it worked better for me when I – use headphones like oh i have yeah. over the ear headphones um but then i played it out loud on my laptop for a guy who was sitting in here with me and uh i was like what do you think of this sound and i, I think just out of my laptop it wasn't sounding the way it did to the headphones because it he was like i don't know it kind of sounds like white noise i was like hey or put the headphones on 
And uh, then he's like, oh, it's rainfall. And I was like, and you don't know that there's a lot of positive affirmations going into your head right now. Yeah. And also rainfall is white noise. It is like one is a masked track. Like the one you're listening to is a masked track. That means the scripting is masked with a white noise. We just chose rainfall. We're going to, in the future, have like jungle noises, river. So you could just choose whatever is more relaxing to you. But for you to just listen to something and then like, I'll listen to that when I'm writing. And it's just like, to, cause you want to listen to music. But if I listen to music, if I'm doing creative work, I can't do it. Yeah. For me. Especially if it has words in it. And I'm like, yeah, so words, there's no way it's not going to happen. If I'm doing menial tasks, then I'll listen to music or whatever. The yeah. other track that we have, and I'll send it to you cause I thought I did is a kind of an ultrasonic and subsonic frequencies. And the, so the ears, you ever heard of a dog whistle? Yeah, of course. And like, no one could hear it, but the dogs can. Yeah. You know what I mean? How's that happen? It's because the frequencies are not audible to the ears. Yeah. But it's extremely loud to the dog. Extremely loud. Like someone's yelling like, no. And that's what the ultrasonic is. You can play it right next to you. You don't hear a thing, right? And you're like, is this even working? But it's playing so fucking loud. Like you, we, we write in the instructions manual, like do not listen to this over 50% because like it could damage your ears. It's so loud. Wow. Right? Like, like that. And if you play it next to any type of app that has frequencies. So if I played it next to an app, it would show like this, like we're talking and it's going like this. Uh-huh. And then it would show like a big jump when it's on and you're not even, and you can't even hear it, but it's in the range that it's still entering the brain. So like I'm playing those all the time um, while I sleep, just have, I put it on and I forget about it. Mm. And it's fucking dope. Interesting. <clears throat> so I, I think I asked you this, did you, I don't know. I'm not yeah. sure if you answered it. What's, what's your opinion on the, the whole law of attraction movement and how does that play into this? Um, and I will say I'm asking this because, um, I personally am not quite sure how I feel about necessarily the law of attraction. Um, and, and I was actually talking to my friend Clark about this, who's been on the podcast before and his channel, um, on YouTube recently started getting a lot of traction, right? So he has 300,000 subscribers, but um, his views were kind of falling and then he started going down or making more law of attraction content and instantly his views started skyrocketing back up and the man starts a pod or not a podcast. He starts a, a TikTok three weeks ago from scratch and because he niched into the law of attraction, which is something that he's obviously well-versed in instantly 50 K followers on TikTok. Nice. nice. Well, there, it's definitely a starving audience. Yeah. You know? um, people like that type of content. I think there's a lot of garbage out, a lot, and a lot of misinformation. A lot of it is laziness disguised as spirituality. A lot of it is um, just like people are looking for meaning. You know what I mean? However, it is, I would say it is a law of the universe. Um, and I don't think that's crazy to accept 
I don't think it's as strong as what people think it is. Um, I think it, it can be developed. Uh, what I look for is synchronicity. Mm, like, I like that word. Yeah, synchronous moments. There's this quote that I'm butchering, but it's like every time you have a like a synchronous moment, I don't know if I'm saying it right, yeah. but that's like God showing you that he's real. Um, I believe that. You know what I mean? Because there's moments where it's when you're aware of it and you start noticing it, you it's it's like there's no way that this could happen. Yeah. There's no way that like there's mathematically this is impossible. Mathematically, like there's no way that this should be happening right now. And it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um Do you have a specific specific example of <clears throat> maybe the last like synchronous moment in your life where you're like, this is a crazy synchronicity that can't be a coincidence. A lot of it is timing. You know what I mean? Like as soon as I was ready to do advertising for powerful subliminals, right? So we're putting out ads right now. Um, the person came into the life like, like this, right? And just to connect, like every time that you pursue something and you fight resistance, like you fight a fear that you might have, you put yourself out there in this, like everything comes for you. Everything, either something really bad happens, that means you're about to get something good or like, like the perfect person comes into your life for that moment or the greatest opportunity comes into your life. Um, that's what people say is the law of attraction. That just means they're, they're in forward momentum. You know what I mean? They're, anyone that's experiencing those moment, moments is successful, in my opinion. They're successful because success is, it's not like, it's not static. It's, it's active. You know what I mean? Like you could be successful materialist. It's a little bit different, but in the inner world, let's say it's, it's not static. It's active. But for your question, a uh, big sink, this moment like this person recently just came into my life um different just like times adding up like we just do a launch and we were we were getting deactivated disabled accounts it was like this whole facebook's been very glitchy i don't know if you yeah. you're running ads for like this whole month um and then like it's 11 11 and then another thing happens at 11 11 that was like perfectly aligned and just weird things Interesting. You, know I mean? you know what's crazy is um kind of like you mentioned 11 11 i was wondering about that number yesterday because like everybody's heard about 11 11 being a lucky time or whatever but so last week i filmed like four or five podcasts um to kind of get ahead of ahead of the curve on this and Within three days, I heard three people mention to me like the power of like numerology and numbers. And in my opinion, I've never taken numerology seriously, nor have I talked to people who take it seriously. And I think that's interesting how, you know, I start a podcast and instantly these people who I know and I'm friends with are revealing ideas to me that I had no clue that they were into. Like, kind of like you said with your friend, you're like, he was listening to subliminal audios for a while and you're like, yo, bro, why didn't you tell me about this? Um, you are the fourth person in like a week and a half to mention the power of numbers. Yeah. And specifically, 
uh, Mike Shower, he's created Swiped.co. Do you know who that is? No. Uh, okay. Anyways, uh, he was on the podcast and he was talking about like the number four or like 44, how that's like a really lucky number for him. Next day, I see another person. Um, uh, you might know this guy, Caleb Maddox. Yeah, you told me about him. Yeah, yeah. His dad, I follow his dad on Instagram. He uploaded an Instagram story about four four and like the fours, like how lucky it is. And I messaged him. I was like, "Yo, is this for real? Like the number four? Because someone told me about it yesterday." And he messaged me back, sent me a voice memo. He goes, "Yeah, it's like signifies abundance and like angels and like and like prosperity, right?" And so then you mentioned eleven eleven, and I was like, "Huh." May, is eleven eleven a lucky number because one 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 adds up to four? To be honest, I'm not the I'm not the expert, and I'm on the same boat as you. Like I'm excited to meet the person that is, just like with astrology, these type of things. Like I'm not crazy enough to like buy ten books and spend two weeks studying it. However, when I do meet these people, I'm, I interrogate them. I get every single bit out of them. Cause I'm curious about it. Um, yeah. Same with numerology. Eleven, eleven for me. Like I was born on the eleventh. Every time in class, they'd be like, "Let's count off one, two, three. No matter where I was sitting, if I was sitting all the way in the corner, they'd be like one, two. Then let's go over there. Like, yeah. and I would, I'd be number eleven. You know what I mean? Without trying, without anything. And these are just like good signs to yourself. I think everyone has an experience like that, where the, it's some some type of pattern that they might have recognized of when when this happens something's good's about to happen and if you haven't you're just not paying attention or you just forgot because like everyone had it's there you know what i mean you just you just got to look for it and that's where people just that's where law of attraction comes from like 44 does not mean much to me right however if i'm number 11 i feel good about it yeah <laughs> like and, and that's good that's just we attach the meaning to these things. Yeah. Right. Like 18 is, is a very powerful number for me. 11, 18, um, 36, you know what I mean? Like, but we attach the meaning to these things and, and, and it's such a power to attach, to attach meaning to things. Like I, ever since quarantine, I've been doing burpees, right? Okay. For multiple reasons. First of all, whenever I bring up burpees to someone, people want to throw up. They're like, I'm not going to do that shit. Fuck you. Bring it up. Because <laughs> burpees everyone, are hard, man. <laughs> yeah, everyone has a terrible distaste of burpees. So when I do my burpees, I'm like, I, I have an edge in my mind. You know what I mean? No one knows that there's a war going on. But in my mind, I'm like, everyone didn't want to do this, and I did this. And I did a lot of this. Fuck, fuck everyone. And I feel good about it, right? Um. And I'll do, let's say, 300 burpees. And, I'll, and it'll, I'll give this workout a name, like the 300 burpees of doom. Like, I completed the 300 burpees of doom. Like, I attach this meaning to it. Yeah. And it's like, in my mind, it's like I completed the craziest thing. Yeah. But in reality, it's nothing. I just made it into something because I attach this meaning to it. So it could be numbers for someone. It could be... Um, law of attraction, synchro synchronous moments. I'm having so much hard <laughs> time with that word, <laughs> but it could be whatever you want, but like attaching meaning and like labeling things in your life 
is a very powerful thing to do, I think. Yeah. So <clears throat> with the whole subliminal thing, are you also still working on Pink Gorilla as well? Yeah. So Pink Gorilla Fashion is the, is the clothing brand, and we're making um, tropical clothes, clothes for warmer climates that's, like, sexy, cool, really nice. Like, this is one of our hats. And, and is cool. that the one that CeeLo Green was wearing? Yeah, he was wearing this, but in the aqua foam color, the sea foam, sea foam green, or CeeLo Green. Oh, got it. And, yeah. And, um, uh, like, a bunch of other people are wearing it. It's doing really well, but with this COVID thing, like we get, our hats are here in Miami with us, but our shirts and, and sweaters, let's say, they're all in LA right now. And LA is fucked. Um, at least when it comes to like, it's taking what should be received by someone in a week is taking 30 to 40 days. Yeah. Which is disastrous. You know what I mean? So like we we've taken this time to take a little bit of a step back. Especially and, if you're shipping like a dog or a child, like you can't do that. 30 you know, to 40 days. Are we shipping like a 900 year old piano? It, it feels that way. Yeah. And, and it's because let's say after every shirt that they make, they have to disinfect the entire machine. Also LA created this thing that they could only make half of their capacity. So they're getting more orders because of what's happening. They can only do half and they have to spend more time making each piece. So the whole thing is just a disaster, right? Um, so because of this, we, take, we have so much prepared, like so much, and it's ready to go. And then within the next, as this slows down, like we'll, we'll either move from LA, we'll build a factory ourselves, we'll learn to knit, we'll do whatever it takes to make it happen. But right now it's, 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 been, it's been rough. Yeah. It's interesting. So um, with you, like ever since I've known you, like the subliminal thing is like one of your newer ventures, but you've always had Pink Gorilla. How, is, is that your creation or is that something that you guys came up with? What is, is there a history behind it? Is there a meaning behind it? Yeah. Um, so it's me and my best friend, Christian Ramos. Yeah. Um, he's been my boy for a long time now. And if you were to ask me three years ago, if I would ever have a clothing company, I would give you a 100% certainty filled no. Like, like absolutely not. Yeah. And then we both had, again, like these, I'm not going to say the word. <laughs> but like, we had, we had a similar experience, right? Okay. I was on Lincoln Road. Uh, you're familiar with it. No. Is that in Miami? Yeah, it's in South Beach. It's like a famous road in the middle of South Beach, the heart of South Beach. It's like a long road of shopping um, okay that's where we went and grabbed lunch when we were in miami right probably probably it's it's popular you know what i mean now it's not like the best place but whatever <clears throat> but like it, it's a very known place yeah i was at lincoln road i think with my sister she was in the apple store i was outside just looking around and i see like this person walk from the left hand side and he's wearing i think it was um calvin klein okay like calvin klein pants Calvin Klein, this Nautica hat. The other guy was wearing like another brand written all over here. Like another, everyone was branded. I'm looking around. I'm like, this is pathetic. <laughs> I mean, everyone is representing these brands. These brands don't give a fuck about any of these people. They don't stand for anything. They, they're all wearing these, they're, they're, 
they're walking billboards. Yeah. For what? Not status even. The clothes don't look good. You know what I mean? Like they're just wearing these gigantic like Fubu, Calvin Klein, like all the Nautica, all these brands. So blatant. And it was I was just like, this doesn't make sense. And it was around four, three or four years ago. And ever since then I started stopped wearing brands. Like I would still wear brands. Like I like certain brands. Like I like let's say Scotch and Soda, great brand. I don't know if you know them, they make amazing stuff and I'm gladly wear it, but they're more subtle about their brand. Like this shirt, no brand on it. Yeah. You know I mean, it's just like a, a nice black shirt. And it, it's something that really annoyed me. I remember at, at the time I was like, there's this way, like, so you're a dating coach, right? Yeah. And, and podcaster now. <laughs> and, a, and a professional podcaster, many other things, right? I'm a professional because I have a YouTube channel, so it's official, you know? Yeah, bro. And your, your studio, I saw oh, some of the episodes. And Apple. The studio looks phenomenal, bro. Thank you. Amazing job. I would love to get you here so we can actually podcast in person, but, you know. So we'll do episodes. Shit going on. Yeah. Arizona recently um, uh, yesterday locked down again and so we're on full lockdown again so all the restaurants bars everything's closed and I'm not sure if it's just for the 4th of July July weekend which obviously would have been packed but um, yesterday they announced it so yeah and whatever Arizona is going through Florida is a lot worse where I'm from and fuck everyone that thinks Florida is like the greatest shit hope because what's happening we're fine relax like everything's okay what's your take on people who say uh those like people from Florida are always crazy because that, that's like a meme is like Florida man yeah, does something it, crazy it's it's funny most of the time it's people from see like Florida is not Miami Florida is a southern state it's like a Mississippi it's like it's like a South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, yeah. half like Orlando and Miami, separate and like maybe a college town. But even those are pretty southern. Like Florida in general is a southern state, and southern states. I mean, it, it's just more. It, it became a, this thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like now it's living through that. And like media outlets, like Florida, like on purpose because they know it'll garnish more attention. But like Miami is not like the rest of Florida. It, it's a hugely diverse city with a gigantic, amazing, like Hispanic, Latino population, lots of Cubans, every South American country, people from all over, right? Um, so there's not many Florida man things that happen from Miami. But it's also like, it's a melting pot and not to sound corny, but it's pretty lit. Like it's a great place to be, I think. So it's definitely got its own vibe. Like I've only been to Miami once and that was when I came there for an event that you were at. And that's when we first met in person, but we had known each other via virtually before that. Um, and I, I just realized, man, Miami's a different world. And I, like for me, I was single and I was highly into pickup. And when I was there, I was running a weekend boot camp, um, which you helped out with. And, uh, and the thing that, the only thing I didn't like about Miami was every girl I approached, I would say nine out of 10 of them didn't speak English. <laughs> and that's the only language I speak. There's literal clubs that none of the girls speak English, literally. Um, and Miami is not the easiest place to succeed, let's say with women. However, that's what I like about it. Like 
a lot of people that come to Miami, they're like, I hate it. All the women are bad and this and this. that's not what you're saying. But a lot of people say that. And what I think, and my, my friend brought this up and I've found zero evidence against it is like, they can't make it here. You know what I mean? A lot of people like places that let's say you're doing, you're talking to women in the middle of nowhere. It's different. But if you're talking to beautiful women that have a self-esteem that are around wealth and opulence that have options and you're doing well in that environment, you could do well anyway. Right. So Hashtag I think Scottsdale. Have you ever been to Scottsdale? No, I haven't. They say it's like Miami, but in the desert is what I've yeah. heard. Nice. So yeah, I got to check it out because like for me, if you tell me like, yo, only the best women, only the best guys could thrive here. I'm like, I'm on my way right now. Like, <laughs> like I have to go there. You know what I mean? Um, so in that way, it's really good for me and, and for the people that are up to it. But yeah. it could be very ruthless to those that are not. Are you still single right now? I am. Got it. Happily single? Focused? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happily single, 100%. Yeah. Interesting. I, uh, and I mean, I'm, yeah. How's, how's everything? I was just going to say, uh, yesterday, the, the artist I was telling you about, where a song got stuck in my head when I checked it out, um, I was telling him, because he, he told me to pursue the music, he it literally ended his relationship, his last relationship, which is like a two-year relationship. And he said it came down to, she kind of gave him the ultimatum of like, music or me because maybe she just didn't believe in his pursuit of making an album and becoming a rapper and whatnot and and so he chose the music and i told him i was like yo ironically if i wasn't a dating coach when i dropped out of dental school i probably would have done the same thing like cut out all distractions women too but because i'm a dating coach just by nature i had to keep up my dating life and i did and i was happy to do it but uh um I can definitely understand kind of like the, the focus aspect. There's definitely been times where I'm like, yo, being in a relationship is time consuming to some degree. Yeah. But I mean, it depends on the person. And like, I disagree with the people that are like, I'm not going to go out. I'm not going to have fun. It's like, bro, you can have, I, I, I'm a believer in you can have it all. Yeah. Right. And, and there's flows of things. Like I trust that like sometimes I want to go out a lot. And I'll go out a lot. So other times I don't want to go out at all. And I won't. There's no, there's no turmoil inside of me because of it. It's yeah. like a seasonal thing. Also, we went out a lot when I went like when I was younger, I went out a lot. Like I've nothing to prove to myself or to anyone. Like I've experienced a lot going out and having fun. Yeah. And if I want to go out now, I'll go out now. There's no like you don't have to choose. And you could have fun. Like you should have fun. Like it's this, it's, it's a false idea in my mind. And I like that. I don't like ultimatums. You know what I mean? So I know like my, if my future girl was like, if it's me or this, I'd be like, even if I would have chose her, but because you gave me the ultimatum, we're done. You know what I mean? Like that's me personally. So it seems to me, I don't know this person, but you said like he has a great song that's catchy. I wish him all the best. And this could have been the biggest blessing ever. You know what I mean? Because in a way it was a sacrifice. That means he's every time you sacrifice something for something else, you give it a lot of power. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
talking about law of attraction, that's the, the sacrifice element no one talks about. You know what I mean? Like, you got to sacrifice things in order to get what you want, in a way. Um, and what I said and what I said two minutes ago still aligned. Like, oh, but you, I got to sacrifice going out to have fun. Like, no, like, you could have it all. There are sacrifices and other things. Like, he's sacrificing. She, she chose her side, and now he could have been like, fuck my dreams. Take me away. Yeah. yeah. No, I, like, I totally agree, man. Like, and I was telling him this too on the phone. I was like, yo, uh, it's if, if anybody should realize anything from 2020, it's like your time is limited. You know, a, a pandemic could hit tomorrow. Yellowstone could explode tomorrow. You don't like, you just, you can't take each day for granted and just go, I'll do it again in the future. Like one of the things that really appealed to me when I dropped out of dental school, that was like a huge risk, probably the biggest risk I've ever taken, right? Um, drop out of dental school to start a date, like a dating advice YouTube channel and write a, your own ebook or whatever. Like that's a huge risk that most people would never have the balls to do. But for me back then, I realized I don't want to ever live with regret and wondering what if, and that still holds true today. And it's like, dude, it's 2020. You're 30. He's 32 years old. You're 32 years old. You, and you ain't getting any younger. If you're not going to pursue music right now, then when are you going to do it? And when I dropped out of dental school, I remember I ran into a buddy of mine who, um, you know, at the time I was heavily into working out, was like playing sports every day, just in my free time um, when I wasn't in class. And I this is one of those guys, um, we were on the same football team, uh, intramural football team. And uh, he I ran into him at this bar called Bottle Blonde out here in Scottsdale, which by the way, if and when you come out here and we party together, we're going to Bottle Blonde. Um, uh, you're going to love Bottle Blonde. I already know that. You're going to love Old Town Scottsdale. Uh, but he told me, he's like, yo, dude, I've always wanted to pursue music, ironically. And he goes, so my plan is like when I get my dental practice, I'm going to graduate. And maybe in a few like, like 30 years or so when I'm like 50 and I have all that money built up, that's when I'll pursue the music. And I'm like, bro, why? Why wait 30 years? If you want to do it now, do it now. Yeah. Yeah, and people have like a fucked up measure of time. Yeah. If you if you you tell people to like, hey, I need this project done and and they'll be like, it'll take uh two weeks. It could be done in a day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Every time someone says, like, no, I, I gotta I got to get my business off before I could start my writing. It's like, no, you don't. Like Yeah. Every time you say no to it, you're voting for something else. Yeah. You know, the book um, by Atomic Habits, I love the way he says it because creating habits, there's habits of thoughts, habit of feelings, habit of actions. And in every time to create a habit, you're voting for that thing, right? Every time you work out when you don't want to, you're voting for a better body, right? Every time you work on your music, you're voting for your life. Like, like if there was an election, whoever you vote for, more for will win. You know what I mean? There's no electoral college in this case. <laughs> like, whoever you vote more with your actions will win. And so, I mean, good for him. And talking about the sacrifice that I just mentioned, like, what you said, what you did was, this, was the perfect example of sacrifice 
like you had crazy family pressure. You know what I mean? Like you'll be shamed deeply if you don't pursue this career. You had a great, great career. Not like that was almost a guarantee. Talk about safety. Yeah. I just had to show up. All you had to do was show up. You had friends that were doing the same thing. And you had almost no role models that were saying like, yo, there's this other path. Yeah. Like you have like one. One. And, yeah. And questionable as a role model. Questionable as well. And so with all of that being said, and young, which I guess it's easier, right? Because it's even harder to do that when you're older. Um, which is ironic because young, people who are young are saying, I'll do it when I'm older, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that, you sacrificed it for something else and a life of uncertainty. Yeah. And you consciously chose that, which was like a crazy decision that has paid off a, a billion times over. And that's what, I, that's what it takes. You know what I mean? Like, you can't just, like, you take, that's the real world. That's what people don't write about in self-help. Like you're going to have to sacrifice these things to get what you want. Like to get what you really, really want is going to the sacrifice of like feeling bad, um, being, having people be disappointed in you, risking the failure, having emotional hurricanes go through you every single day. Um, and a lot of these things in order to get, and that's like, that's the payment. Um, in the pimp game, there's this quote, um, how is it like at, for an aspiring pimp on the streets, like, and he wants to talk to an OG pimp and he's like, yo, OG pimp, give me the game. Give me the wisdom. The game is paid in blood. You know what I mean? Like, man, I, I'm forgetting the quote, but it's like a, it's a good quote, but the, the message of the, the, like, you can't teach this stuff. You can't, you can inspire and there's tactics and this, but the game is played by yourself. It's a single player game. I, no one could take the controller for you, right? Mm. You press the button on the controller to sacrifice in order to take the riskier path that led to this, right? But it was not a guarantee at all. And like in the pimp game, like you got to pay the price. You got to learn, you, you learn through the mess ups, right? Um, so that's, that's just the way it is. Yeah. Bro, talking about, this is, this is tangentially related to what we're talking about. Um, but I had a realization last night that we as people are kind of funny in, in a way, because it's like whatever intention you put into the moment you're in right now decides like how you think of that moment, right? And so here, let me explain. So you were talking about like, positive affirmations affecting your state, which affects, do I, do I get up and work out or do I continue to sit here and watch this YouTube video? Uh, I think that's one that a lot of people can relate to. I know I can myself. And uh, I realized last night, I was like, yo, if I was hanging out with Chris, who is the guy who's my marketing assistant, I pay him, you know, bi-weekly paycheck type of thing. If he's in my place and we're working together, if I just said to, to Chris, hey, Chris, why don't we just like stop working and start partying? And then I, th I pictured that in my head. I was like, what would that look like? And then I'm like, I just imagine being at a house college party and I just take out my Instagram 
like my phone and put an Instagram story like, woo, we're partying, we're partying. And so I was like, all right, what differentiates two men sitting in a room working or hanging out or partying? It's the intention you put into the moment because the only real difference on the surface is I went from to that's it. But we're still just two men sitting in a room. You know, does this make sense? A hundred percent. And that's what I was talking about earlier. Like you, you attach the meaning to the thing. Yeah. The event is nothing until you attach the meaning consciously. You're like, yo, this is going to be hella fun. I'm going to do this workout of doom blasting because you created this meaning for it. You know what I mean? Like you create that's the meaning. That's what I call sex. My workout of doom blasting. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> twice a day, bro. Doom blast. but and and it's 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 a thing that when you do consistently you just start doing to everything and everything just becomes fun because it's like a cheat code to the video game you know what i mean like and it's great so i'm 100 percent back backing that speaking of what's like a a secret are you are, are you a secret closet conspiracy theorist by any chance um i know you you've been (laughs) <laughs> going down <laughs> yeah. um and it's funny that you mentioned it because last night at dinner here um we talked for like an hour about different conspiracies um i knew it the synchronicity was telling me like yo you got to ask him about conspiracies tell me what you talked about last night see that is a synchronicity because damn it, i said it again <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, because le- legit, I don't talk about it often, but last night I did, and now we're talking about it now. Interesting. And um, I got beef with – so my main thing is, like, first of all, don't get lost in the sauce, right? Don't go down the nihilistic path. What um, do you mean by nihilistic? I've heard that term, but I've never had it defined. None of this matters. Um, it's all stupid. Like, the game's rigged. This victim bullshit, stupid. Like it's terrible in my opinion. Um, the goal is to make yourself as powerful mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually as possible, so you can create the life that you want, irregardless, which is a word, motherfuckers, <laughs> of whatever external environment you're in. Okay, yeah. that's that's where all your focus is. However, it's good to be aware of things. Okay. You know I mean? like, let's say someone reads 48 Laws of Power, which I haven't read in a long time. But it's good to read that book because you're aware of what could be used against you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Same with conspiracies. Um, I'm really against all of the, the satanic, the, the people that like, like 666. Like the Illuminati stuff. Like all of this stuff, I really don't like it. I really, really don't like it. You don't like it or you don't believe it? No, it's a thing and I don't like it at all. Yeah. You don't like that it's a conspiracy or you don't like that that it is happening? It's happening. Okay, so you believe it's happening? No, 100% it's happening. Okay. Yeah. What do you mean? Tell me me what you mean is happening. So there's a hotel in Miami. Um... (laughs) Okay, so there's a hotel in Miami, a five-star hotel. The the hotel is the epitome of luxury. Okay. Like, the most luxurious hotel ever. 
maybe in Dubai there's something else, but this place has like a, an old dinosaur that's gold-plated, the skeleton of it in their backyard. They have the most beautiful paintings. And this whole place is, was created by someone. He bought this whole area in prime, prime Miami Beach, spent billions of dollars. No one knows how he got his money, right? Um, and every single ounce of that place is filled with symbolism of Illuminati. They even have a painting that says Illuminati. Every Is single, yeah, like every single thing about that place is some symbol for like devil worship and all these type of things. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's horrific. I mean, I still go there because the place is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but like, like I'm super aware of it and it's terrible. Um, I, that reminds yeah. me of the, uh, Denver airport. Have you ever heard about that? Yeah, I heard about it. Yeah. Well, you, you lived in Colorado for a little bit, right? Yeah. I mean, I lived in Boulder for like three months, but I didn't know much about conspiracies back yeah. then. I haven't looked too much in the Denver airport itself, but theoretically, um, there's a, it's like underground, it's way bigger. And, um, the like like you said with that hotel the entire airport where you can go through it is filled with just symbolism of nazis illuminati devil worship which is really random and weird and um hypothetically they say that there's an underground tunnel that goes from area 51 in nevada all the way to the denver airport just continuous and it's that big underground um Bro, at, what's crazy about what's happening is that all of these concepts, um, even like the worst of it, like child, the child molestation and stuff, which is just like the expression of evil. It's so, it's, it's so terrible. Yeah. It's so terrible that the thought of it makes me want to like search these people and just like take care of it. You know, like it's so bad on so many levels. Yeah. And it's crazy that it's in the consciousness now. It, that's crazy because like part of, part of the agenda, let's say, it, they're very in your face about it. It's a very comedic approach. It's very trickstery. It's not because they could easily not be known. But like all of these places are every time they do something, it's like every time you see the rapper, Going like, ha ha, six, 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 ha ha ha. <laughs> it's very in your face. Wait, is this a symbol for the devil? Yeah. What about this? You could call it rock also. Okay. Because <laughs> my, my podcast album art or whatever that they put on, the, on Apple and Spotify, I'm doing this. <laughs> that's what, it, like, <laughs> that's pretty bad because <laughs> what they do is like tongue out making fun of you and devil horns okay i should change that asap is what you're saying <laughs> but like like no one's no one's confusing you for it but like someone that's in the public eye that is super suspected of doing these things that has evidence of it um doing these things it's like it, it's not okay yeah it should be so you all also don't like the the Longhorns, the Texas Longhorns. That's their no, like. No, I'm I'm okay with it, right? But like, it it doesn't affect me in terms of that. It's just 
it's just very suspicious. A lot of things. Yeah. A lot of things. What's, are what's your suspicious. opinion on the whole Chris D'Elia situation? Um, what about it? About it. What about it? Uh, I mean, do you think what? So, do you know much about it? First off, the yeah. Chris. Okay, so um, the the stuff that I've seen about Chris D'Elia, and this is why I wanted to get your opinion, is because it seems like he's getting canceled for texting girls that he may or may not have known were under the age of eighteen. Where I'm coming from is. Okay, but did he break the law? Which is, did he have sex with any of these girls while they were underage? Canceled culture doesn't care about the law, first of all, right? Like, second of all, my first opinion is, I don't like how any of his friends friends handled it. Yeah. Hopefully they handled it better in private. Did they all handle it? I feel like they handled it in different ways, but I, I haven't looked into it that far. So can you elaborate a little bit? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious and passionate about human nature. Me too. Like, I like, I like, I love people. I love understanding people. And for me, loyalty is one of my top values. And a lot of these things with cancel culture, you're you're guilty before you're proven innocent. Which is the wrong thing with it. That's why it's fucked. Especially if you apologize, you're guilty for life. Oh yeah. Second you apologize, you admit, you, you just give the other side power with the whole cancel culture stuff. Yeah, and it's very delicate. It's very tough to do. It's you sacrificing your family's love, a career, safety, and this times 100, maybe, if you're in the public eye, right? Because, like, everyone's just, just apologize, get it over with. And you're like, will this get it over with? And it won't. And it's fucking painful to do, right? Yeah. Um, and I've imagined myself being in those situations and being like, like, God give me the strength to to never apologize, right? Of course, if you kill somebody, like, like we're talking about different things, right? But like for the, these things where you're guilty in this cancel culture, before one thing I do want to add real quick because I think it's related is even though I'm saying he, I don't know if he actually broke the law. I'm not saying my opinion on him from a moral or ethical standpoint, if he's hitting on underage women, that's a thing. But did he have sex with them is the thing that should ultimately end his career. Right. If he, if he, but the other part is like the new information that's coming out is showing, Hey, it actually, the conversations that the girls put out were somewhat edited um, to remove some context that shows when he found out how old they actually were then he kind of gave him the deuces, right? Yeah, and it, it's... So how did his friends handle it? What happened? Pathetically, they, none of them supported him. None of them were like, none of them were telling the audience because they're all intertwined. Like, look, guys, we don't know what's happening. Relax. All of them were like, I had nothing to do about it. I didn't know about this. Yeah. And that's it. You know what I mean? Like, none of them were like, guys... We'll find the justice. We'll find out the truth, but you don't just throw someone when they're down. You know yeah. what I mean? Like a true friend wouldn't do that. I saw one person do that one. Um, and I don't know who it was their name off the top of my head. I believe it was not someone who was necessarily close to Chris Aaliyah, but it was a comic who worked at the comedy store as well. And he was basically going off saying, don't crucify someone before you actually know if he did, if he actually did what he's being accused of, 
then he should pay the price. But, un, but it's wrong to just preemptively crucify them just based yeah. off of an allegation. 100%. First of all, a lot of people in America especially have this thing with 18-year-old women. Like everywhere in the world, it's fine. Okay. Yeah. 18-year-old is like 16-year-old is fine. In, in all, like, I'm not saying it's fine, but I'm saying like in most of the world. In other cultures. Like, we're the minority. Yeah. We think of an eight, like, I don't know, the most people that are complaining have not met an 18-year-old woman, especially now. M- most 18-year-old women are not this young, like, oh, my God, I'm yeah. so. They don't look 18 anymore. So 18-year-old women. Especially Miami, bro. Dude, like, at 16, they're like, they're not 16 how it was 30 years ago. Yeah. Even 10 years ago, bro, when we were in high school, I remember girls looked like little girls. Six, seven years ago, I remember I was in line at Subway and there was this little girl behind me. No, no, there was this girl that was like attractive. You know what I mean? Like fully figured, obviously gone through puberty, dressed really nicely. I was like, wow, this girl is really cute. I was was like 19, 20 or something. Um, And then her friend came out of the bathroom who looked like she was 12 you know what I mean? and they started talking and I realized this girl was super young and I was just like what the fuck it was such a shocking moment because I was like what the hell I would have never known until she said one word and then it was obvious and I was just like oh it's just a kid right and that was a while ago right now it's like 18 is not what it was first of all um and 18 around the world they're getting married they're having kids like it's not a crazy thing yeah it is kind of weird if you're 36 you could (laughs) see that you know what i mean like but that's like a moral judgment on him but like i I could see why people would be like look i don't support that you know what i mean get someone around 21 at least relax you know what i mean and if the grooming is true like if he's like look you're 17, but ah, let's fall in love. But at 18, the moment you take your first breath, <laughs> we're out. <laughs> like the moment, like <laughs> you, you, you turn 18, like let's go on a date. Like that's kind of weird. You know what I mean? Like um, if you're only attracted to girls that are 18, that's weird. Um, but on a lot of these cases, it's like, I think a lot of women, I, I think there's a lot of lying going on. Yeah. And the whole thing is very sad. This, the sad part about the lying aspect or even just removing context from the conversation to make it seem like he's wrong when in reality you lied about your age and then as soon as he found out, he stopped talking to you. Um, if, that's, if that's the case, like regardless of if you agree he should be talking to an 18-year-old girl or a 19-year-old girl or not, right. technically when she's 18, it's – legally okay and and kind of what opened my eyes to that is like i was telling a buddy about this also is like before i got into picking up chicks i always just was under the assumption like hey if you're in your 20s why are you talking to a girl who's not in her 20s um but then when i got into pickup and we see you and i especially you and i we're, we're around dudes who are late 20s early 30s we're approaching women in malls or on the sidewalk sometimes you're approaching a girl who's 19 but if you're into heavily into pickup and self-improvement, a lot of these guys, hey, 19's fair game, you know? Um, well, like, 
I have 19 year old, 20 year old girlfriends. And if I didn't tell you their age, you would have never known. Like they are fully matured, strong, beautiful, smart women that like, they're 19, right? So maybe they haven't had the real life experience, but like, yeah. they're not this little kid playing with Barbies, not by a mile and a half, like, like at all. So it's and a, a case of, by case thing. A lot it'd, of these it'd, it'd be weird if every girl I talked to was, was like super young looking, you know what I mean? Yeah. That'd be so weird. Yeah. But like, these are like normal girls, healthy looking, that like don't look like they they're 16 you know what i mean like yeah. if they all look like they're 13 but they're 18 it's weird yeah especially you know what i mean like that's that's a whole different thing but if they're all normal looking they all like they're just girls that are happen to be 18 you would have yeah. never really known um it's that's his decision yeah I mean? the the my only gripe with this is like like i personally having and i'm sure you had similar experience uh and i'm curious to know if you had a similar experience but having gone out especially in scottsdale which is somewhat similar to miami going out three four times a week to the nightclubs you meet girls and oftentimes if you're in conversation with a girl at some point especially if you approach her at a bar or nightclub she's gonna try to ask you how old you are and what i learned is like it doesn't matter how old you are because you're either too young or too old. It's never like, Oh, okay. I like that age, you know, because she's she's trying to create tension. And what I realized is when I find out how old these girls are, I just happened to realize that any girl who was 23 or younger annoyed the shit out of me after talking to them for five minutes, especially in a bar or nightclub. And so even from my own personal preferences, it's like, bro, how can you like, I don't understand the preference of an 18 or 19 year old girl, just from a maturity and life experience standpoint, you know, I could understand it through biology. You know what I mean? Like the girl is as fertile as possible at around 20, 21, 22, 23. Um, And it's a great age. Like biologically a hundred thousand years ago. I mean, that was the age because you didn't know how long she was going to live or you. So like they, they, it depends. It depends. You know what I mean? But like, um, some girl that has never left Miami or Scottsdale or has no real world experience that only cares about status and jewels and frat boys Kardashian and this is like, I can't, I can't at all. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely, yeah, it's definitely like, uh, I guess, obviously a personal preference, but yeah, I think that was the biggest thing that I noticed is like, I just put myself in, in my own mind frame when I was 21, 22, I knew my priorities were way off because once I became an adult and had to actually start fending for myself, you realize what's important, what's not important. What do I like and what do I not like? And even just like the more life experience I got, the more I just started gravitating towards people who had similar reference experiences in their own life. And for me, the average 21, 22 year old girl is in the still of the head frame of like parents paying for college. I have to go out and get fucked up every time I go out, you know, to the point where I'm tripping over things. And, um, And and at this stage in our life, like 
I'm solid in who I am. Like, I know what I value. I know what I'm this. I won't change any part of my personality for someone else, right? Um, so, but I don't expect a young, let's say a 21-year-old girl to have all this wisdom. That'd be kind of foolish of me to do, right? Let's say if you just hired an intern that's 21, you expect him to do like, know anything? No, I, all I would want is an open mind. I'll teach you all this stuff. I'll guide you to your own knowledge, your own wisdom. Um, that's perfectly okay. Like, I don't expect that. And in many cases, I hope that they don't because if they're filled with the wrong stuff, it's harder to like empty the cup than to fill the cup, right? Like, um, so I don't expect that at all. But what I do look for is an effortlessness. And this is where I think one of my mentors, um, he was really into self-help and he and his girlfriend, they would work on their relationship, work on it. Maybe they would go see someone. They would, we got to work through this and this. And when I was younger, I was like, this just, this doesn't look right. I don't know what it is. Um, now I know what it is. They weren't the right match. You shouldn't work on it. Like there sh should be an effortlessness that comes with it. Like every girl that I'm extremely attracted to, and it's just pure bliss and an appreciation when I'm around them. I don't have to think about what I want to say. I don't have to think about what I want to do. It's, it's, it's just flowing naturally. Yeah. Right. Maybe we disagree on this. Maybe we agree on this, but there's a, there's an effortless there. You know what I mean? And like, for me, I'm into Myers-Briggs. I know. Super Myers-Briggs, bro. Yeah. And <laughs> like every single time I meet this person, I find out that they're one of these three types. Every time. If, um, they are, if it's effortless. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you find out what type they are? It's kind of just you take drawing from your experiences with them and then saying, Oh, they're obviously this or what? Um, I've met, let's say an ENFP like yourself. I've met more ENFP women than any of every other type. For me, it's like, I know how I feel around them. It's the same feeling every time. Mm. Um, so are you saying it, if I was a girl, you'd be attracted to me right now? I am attracted to you. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I, like, I, I, I like ENFP women a lot. They're amazing. They're so positive. They're, they're usually very feminine. They're great women. I love them. Um, I love women in general. But, so, yeah. so I guess my question kind of, you're, the way you're describing ENFP or just the personality type from a Myers-Briggs standpoint right now seems reminiscent to me of a conversation I had with my girlfriend uh, a couple of days ago, which was astrology related. Like, hey, you're an Aries. I'm a forget what she is. I think she's a Libra and she's reading our compatibility, which basically said we were pretty damn compatible. Um, and is that, is that kind of similar? Do you think of it in maybe the similar way that some women think of astrology? The trap with astrology is there could be a lot of hindsight bias because if I'm like, yo, I'm an Aries too. And she's like, we're so compatible. I played you. Yeah. We're not compatible. Everything you think is a lie. You know what I mean? <laughs> there has to be other systems in place to verify this. You know what I mean? 
it can't be just purely hindsight bias to come to a conclusion that you hope it's true, right? Mm. Like, it just so happened to be that these are the three types that they, they most commonly are. I'm not looking for this. They just so happen to be, I mean, more of these types than these types because my personality naturally aligns to this. This is just like without any effort on my part. Um, I know a lot about it. So I have like a head start. So I, I, I could tell by the language that they use by different things, what they are, the more I hang out with them. Usually the women that I like the most is the hardest to type. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like my past experiences help me. It's um, like, um, it's like in the movie Twilight where Edward can't read the girl's mind. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, you're intriguing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's always a good sign also. Yeah. Um, I love ENTP women. I think they're amazing. Um, and so it's not like I would meet someone and they're this type. And I, if, if I feel effortless with them, I won't be like, ah, oh, but you're not these two types. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But Do you it just like Myers Briggs is actually pretty accurate, though. Oh, 100%. Yeah. The only like, reason without I it's is because, uh, so I got ENFP. Would you say that's pretty accurate for me based on what you know? Yes. And the thing is, like, the t a lot of tests are bullshit because they're based on behavior. Also, you've done a lot of work on yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like, if I take the test, I won't come off as my type, even if I'm, like, trying my best. Because right. I've just, I've worked on the weaknesses. I've done this. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not like my other types. Yeah. Like, I've met my type in other guys over 15 times, let's say. And I'm not like them in my own way because I've worked on their thing. Yeah. Um, so there is commonalities, but it goes, it goes, it goes in depth. Like personality is a very fascinating thing. Like just cause you're an ENFP does not mean you're like every ENFP. There's a, there's a lot of nuance to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you could use Enneagram. Enneagram is an unforgiving personality typology. When you find out your Enneagram type and your subtype for Enneagram, it's so accurate that it's, you gotta like, you're just like, I can't, I can't read this very much. Is the it's, test itself similar to where you're like answering questions based off of tendencies that you have? For Enneagram, I would just recommend like read, read this book by Beatrice Chestnut and you'll know when you see it. Like yeah. it's, that's the best way to do it. Not through a test, but like go through the types, um, go into it, research it, understand the functions of it. And then the Enneagram one, you can't escape. Like, Got you'll it. know you'll know without a doubt so the my biggest gripe and I, I don't know if i've told you this before is like specifically one is called the disc the disc assessment and i took it but i knew i knew about two questions in what my what, what it would tell me right and i knew that because my self-image is of that and i'm obviously more likely to answer what i believe my self-image to be now here's the thing your self-image is up to your own debate it's whatever you want to accept as your self-image. That's where the test always, like, seven out of ten times, I tell someone to take the test, they get the wrong type. So I never expect their type. I'll, all I say is, like, show me the results because it will help me understand their type. Almost every time someone takes a test from, let's say, 16 personalities, 
it's the incorrect type. Got it. Almost always. Like I, if I tell someone to take the test, I'm like, I don't care about the result. Just like text me the percentages yeah. because there'll be two areas where it's like 80, 20 for the letters. Let's say yeah. you're obviously that, you know what I mean? Like, and the other ones is like 50, 60. It's like, you're answering based on insecurities and these sort of things, yeah. which we all have. So one experience that really made me question the Myers-Briggs was, uh, and then I kind of, so I don't know how I feel specifically with 16 personalities is because I got you and you were kind of telling me, Hey, I should find out what my Myers-Briggs is. So I took this test. I got ENFP. Um, and then last year I hired a guy to work for me doing phone closing. And this guy, super introverted. If I had to just type him myself, super introverted Asian guy, thick accent. Um, and just like not organized in his head. His computer had 90 tabs open at once and he never closes the tab because he wants to be able to go back to the website. I'm like, bro, you can just bookmark the URL. You don't have to keep a hundred million tabs open at once. So that just goes to show not organized at all, super introverted, super Asian, right? Like Was he always on time or late? Always late. Uh, okay. So anyways, I know he's an IP right off the bat. Well, here's the crazy thing. I told him, Hey, I'm an ENFP. And he goes, and I asked him, have you ever taken Myers-Briggs? He goes, yep, I got it. I'm an ENFP too. The campaigner. I'm the campaigner. And I was like, you and me are nothing alike, bro. <laughs> but then what's crazy is I meet other ENFPs who have taken it and they say, yeah, I'm an ENFP. I go, okay, that makes sense. Cause you and I are very similar. So for him, I'm, that's what made me question, like, is it accurate? And I, I think the answer is he just answered it wrong. Um, yeah. but, uh, with, with me, crazy thing is I took the same test two years later where I completely forgot the entire test, same exact result. So maybe there is something to that. Yeah. For me, it's, it's helped my life an astronomical amount. And for me, it's extremely real. Like there's not like no one could convince me otherwise because of the experiences that I've had. And I've gone in depth on it. Like I've learned so much about my type because it's, it's hard to know yourself. Like people think that it's easy to know yourself and everyone thinks that they know themselves. Most people don't know themselves at all. Like, Why is it important to know your type though? Like we all, yeah, it's important to know your type. It's, it's, it's for anyone interested in actually knowing themselves it's safe. It's better to assume that you don't know a thing about you and use that as a starting point and then go from there because we all, that's why all the test results are wrong because we're answering based on the self image that we think of ourselves. But in like reality, like the biggest introvert will be like, yeah, I'm like the life of the party. Yeah. Everyone's like, you're not dude <laughs> like, at all. And they're like, what do you mean? Like, because they're in their own head. Like the people on American Idol who thought they were amazing. And then Simon's like, yo, stop, never sing again. Yeah. Who knows how much of that is movie, but like, it's the same idea. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's a lot of value in it. You just gotta, especially with Enneagram, bro, you would love Enneagram stuff because with Myers-Briggs, it, it, here's how it was described to me. Um, with Myers-Briggs, you can, you can like bullshit yourself. You can read all the good things about you. You know what I mean? Like feel good, 
you could get the same value out of it as a horoscope, which was my beef with it at the start. I was like, this is as valuable as like me reading a horoscope, which at the time I didn't give any of that. It feels like it, the way it's telling you about yourself. But that's like the surface layer and that's where everyone stops. And, And the wealth is always the more you dig, right? When you understand the functions, when you understand that the first and the last letters always have the same fears. You know what I mean? Like yeah. every IP puts themselves above the tribe. Like a lot of what's happening right now is INFPs revolting and putting up like, like you see this on a mass scale, you see public consciousness be like, this is the type that we want. Yeah. Um, and you apply it to a lot of things. So it's extremely valuable to understanding what's happening globally, personally with others um, building a team, relationship, everything. But you got to dig. You got to put in the work. Yeah. But it's easy not to put in the work with Myers with Myers Briggs. Yeah. Like it's tough to like go deep. So that's interesting. You mentioned uh, INFPs revolting right now because I INFP is technically one difference from mine. E but there's I. a lot of differences though. Right. So what are, I guess what is that? Like just because. It's like one letter, it's like, oh, they're just the introverted me. But there's like, they have different values, different functions. Like, it's not the same thing. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's... Can you, can you be more specific? Like, what uh, do you mean? So, an INFP, they, they're very, let's say, they, they, they want to become their ideal and they inspire other people through their, like, idealism. Um, so, they're very like, I do what I feel is right. And I did this because it feels the right thing to do. Um, a lot of them are missing an ideal. So they're wrongly, they're creating like, they don't have a mission. Like an INFP must have a mission. And a lot of them are, are associating the wrong missions. They're just looking for some type of meeting. And that's like a problem that I keep seeing with them. Um, but they're a super powerful type. One of my best friends is an INFP. And he's like, I'm like, He's going to be the prime minister of this other country, without a doubt. Like, I have no doubt about it. Like, he's dedicated his entire life to it, naturally. You know what I mean? Like, this is not, with these sort of things, like, one, there's this personality channel, and they talk about, like, your savior state. Your savior state is, like, what comes, it's the effortless thing. Like, everyone's like, yeah, I do that also. But, like, for the people that actually do it, it's fucking effortless for them. They don't think about it. They yeah. don't, it's just like an apple tree has apples. So what's the, what's the stereotype of the INFP? Cause like mine is, it says the campaigner, um, which I'd love for you to define as well. But what, it, what is the INFP known as? Um, it depends. Like a lot of INFP women are healers. They're the best healers, like master healers. Like if I want someone to heal me, an INFP. A lot of the law of attraction crowd, INFP. Um, and they're like really good, like the Reiki people, INFP. So these are the girls who like to go to Burning Man, do psychedelic drugs. I've never been to Burning Man, so I don't know about the crowd, but I would assume so. Okay. Very spiritual into crystals and healing. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, they're wearing the yoga pants. They're doing the yoga. They're doing crystals. They're doing Reiki. That's for the girls. Um, for the guys, they're also like that. A lot of them are lost though, cause they don't have that mission. 
So are these the guys who have man buns and the, their name is Theodore? <laughs> Wait, very strong chance that the man bun is an INFP. Okay. <laughs> like an INFP, like, if they care about, let's say they care about America, yeah, they will, they'll carry a, an empty water bottle five miles so they don't litter up. Okay. I know exactly what type of person you're talking about. Like, yeah, what are they, you? What are what is your person? INFJ. Okay. What does that mean? Um, it means a lot of things, but like <laughs> they're they also care about the law of attraction. Typically, um, they're harmony based. They like they try to avoid conflict. Um, so like these are things that when I became aware of it many many years ago, I was like, holy shit, I do this. And then I became aware, like ENFPs also, conflict is, is affects the ENFP and the INFJ the most. Mm. Like these are like the, the nuggets that when you really comprehend it, it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Because we think that everyone's like us, but they're not. Some people have no, have a, they don't, like there's no such thing as conflict. There's no emotional hangover from conflict. There's no resistance to conflict. There's like conflict, perfect, whatever. For an INFJ. And their name is usually Karen. In, right? No, no. Karen, <laughs> Karen is always an ESTJ or like an ESFJ. Okay. Always. Um, the rule followers. Follow the rules. Like a lot of cops, the worst cops are ESS, ESTJs. They're just like, we need them though. If I had a warehouse, I would hire an ESTJ to run it. You know mm. what I mean? The best rule follower, right? And like I trash on them a lot, but every type has their own strengths and, and weaknesses. Like an ESTJ, Karen is like, what do you, you, like, you ask, I've asked ESTJs, like, do you like rules? And this, I'll, I'll reenact this for you. They'll be like this rules i love rules i i'm i'm not even exaggerating that like i worked with this girl identical to that i love rules because it gives them freedom i'm like i can't relate to that at all would you say rules. craig Valentine like, is one of those um i haven't looked into him much right he's uh he self-proclaimed the most disciplined man in the world and when you he's talk to him ENTJ. Okay. Probably the same type as Trump. Um, they, like an ENTJ, they, they're masters at taking action. Jason, ENTJ. You think so? 100%. Like, I, I was thinking about this the other day because you, you mentioned that when I was in Miami, you're like, oh, he's totally an ENTJ. That was the first time I realized how deep into Myers-Briggs you were. Um, and I was like, huh, what does that mean? Am I an INTJ or ENTJ or whatever? And I'll be honest, man, I was, I was debating this the other night. I was talking with my internally, right? Um, I was thinking, I don't know. I, I get the impression that someone like a Jason Capital might appear to be an ENTJ. I get the deep down feeling that he's secretly introverted, but he portrays himself as extroverted. Maybe, maybe. He's the thing that he's rare. He's actually so an ENTJ, they can never work on themselves. 
and be really successful. Like Donald Trump. What do you mean? Like their weakest function would be the INFP's greatest function, right? Um, just to, without going too in depth, right? Because I don't want to lose everybody. <laughs> but they're, so like they, they get rewarded by society by living in their dominant function. The thing that comes most effortless, which is like take action, discipline. It's, it's easy for Jay to do that. Like he could talk about all he wants, but like to have a cause and to like give back philanthropy and this, they're like, fuck all of that shit. Why, why am I gonna think when I could be taking action? All of his advice is like, just take action, go after it. And it's like good advice, but it's not like, that's just, that's just his, his mode, right? Like the advice for them would be like, take a step back, think it through, look at the various options, right? But for them, they'd be like, we're wasting time. Just take more action and give some like one sentence answer as why to do that. Um, he's very ENTJ, bro. Like I'll, I'll look at it again, but like, but he's actually, he's, he's pretty great for an ENTJ because they could be pretty terrible if they don't work on themselves. Um, I like them a lot. Usually ENTJs, I get along with them a lot. Um, and they're, they're usually very young, early, like, just like him. Like I know some ENTJs here, they're really good in the real world. There's like a couple types of ENFJ, ENTJ. They, they do really well in the real world. Like they, they just go up the ranks. Like it, it's easy to them. Not so much for other types. Mm. Got it's it. Interesting, man. Well, dude, we've covered a lot already today. And I feel like we might as well just save the, save the rest for when we can get you in person, bro. But um, do you want to give a shout out to your, your subliminal audio website real quick? Yeah. Anyone could check me out at powerfulsubliminals.com. Um, I have a blog declare war within.com and then uh, pink gorilla fashion follow us on Instagram and we'll be launching completely soon. And if you ever write anything on Cora, you probably see this man responding to you. If it's, yeah, I've done a bunch of Cora, my Instagram pink gorilla, Daniel, uh, you can follow me on there also. And you might even be able to see CeeLo green wearing some of that merch. Yeah. CeeLo green. If you like him. Yeah. All right, guys. Peace out.